Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. What are the uh, symptoms of that train derailment? Uh, right now, people are reporting rashes, sore throats, headaches, and nausea. Man, I thought that's what you always said working with me. <laughs> so I'm like, well, whoa. You- have you been any near any chemicals recently? Because no, I'm taking a shot at myself, yeah, dog. I know. That's what I'm saying. If you if you're in chemicals, uh, maybe that's why I'm experiencing. I those don't things. know. I don't uh. know. Glad that rash is cleared up. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Wow. Yeah, me too. All right, Carl and Crew Morning's off to the races. Here we got the whole team here. Rub and dub dub. How's everybody doing here in the six o'clock hour? Doing good. 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 Well, Excited yeah. to be here. Three more hours and we're ready to rumble. That's right. Uh, I got to tell you guys something. We've been a lot of you are grabbing this resource that we have for you. Let me explain why this is so important. It is vital that we know what's going on in the world today. Being informed is important. I often like to say this. I've got a big meeting with a group of uh, Godward board members of a ministry that I'm a part of this weekend. And we're going to do something where we open in prayer, but then we're going to have what a friend of mine introduced me to, and that is revelation and response, where, you know, without information, good information, you can't have accurate intercession. Isn't okay. that fair? Yeah. And so information leads to intercession. I mean, sometimes if you sit down with a group of people and you got a lot of things on your heart, but nobody knows about them, how do they know what to intercede for? Hmm. Well, this is the goal of us looking at what's going on in our culture today and saying, uh, come on, boom crew, let's be informed this is a shocking this is a shocking thing here and you might say what are we doing linking a, a self-proclaimed um, young lady who's queer self-describes as queer and self-describes as left of Bernie Sanders and was an intake expert or that was her role I guess an intake person at a um, at a transgender clinic for minors now, by the way, a quick thought on this. It's either 10 or 12 years ago. Let's go with 12 just to be safe. There were none of these clinics in America. Today, there's 100. That's a big deal. It's a gigantic yeah. jump. It's a big shift quickly. Yeah. And, and you look at those numbers and you go, what in the world is going on? Well, what's going on here is that we now have a country that does not have a true north document. There is no such thing as truth. It's my truth, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my truth, that'll get people running in, uh, you know, 8.5 million different directions in Chicagoland. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll get your, you get so there's no guiding uh, compass for the culture. And it's important for us to know this, not so that we can become angry evangelicals. Or become more angry evangelicals because some of you Angrier. need to go to some of you go to need to go to angry evangelical reform school. Uh, but we've we've got to not do that. We're called to let our light so shine before men that they will see our good deeds and glorify our fathers in heaven. Matthew five sixteen. Um, By this will all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. A new commandment Jesus gave to us. Uh, we're to fix our hearts and minds on things above, for we died, and our life is now hidden with Christ and God, Colossians 3. I mean, you, you just do a quick little uh, panorama of Scripture, and you find, well, we're to be living differently, and, and angry evangelicalism ain't going to cut it. I, I want to say this again. Angry evangelicals never get the joy of turning someone on to Jesus it's Christ. True. 
They just don't. Okay, so that so I think you get that, Boom Crew, and you're listening here because you're a freedom fighter. That's why you're listening here. You're a freedom fighter. You're fighting for freedom in Christ, and you that's the battle you want to be on. But in order to do this, we've got to be able to know what's going on in our culture. And I I got to tell you, I'm wrapping up a series that Ken, Ken Burns has done called The Roosevelt's. Uh, my bride and I love these super educational documentaries. And if you want, if you want to give up YouTube and cat videos on Facebook, let me just tell you, I've got a hot idea for you coming up, and I'm going to explain for you why. Because oftentimes we look at the decline of culture and we say there um, or perilous moments in culture, and we say, oh, boy, we've got to have Christians step up here. That is true. But did you know that God will oftentimes answer the cries and prayers of a culture by using unsuspecting people? And I want to illustrate it in a really practical way coming up here in just a moment. But I want to give you this article because some of you are thinking, what in the cat hair are you doing giving us an article from the free press? That's Barry Weiss, by the way. She was canned by the New York Times. She doesn't share my moral convictions with regard to the Bible. But she's a honest journalist, and she found this woman who, again, was an intake person at a transgender clinic for minors. That was her role. And when you're an intake person, she had a unique vantage point. Yeah. She's talking with these kids. Mm-hmm. She's discussing with them. Working with families. Yeah, making sure that they go to a certain psychologist to make sure that this isn't such a rash thing. One of the things that you're going to find in this article is that they cherry-pick psychologists who are basically in bed with their philosophy. Well, guess what? I, I, you know, you can, you can find someone to say anything and rubber stamp almost anything on this planet. Yeah. You can find politicians to do that too. You got an issue you want to get rubber stamped? They're out there. Yeah. So this is a super illuminating thing, and I'm going to prove it to you in a weird way from World War II. So we're going to go there in just a moment. And I'm also going to turn you on to a great docuseries that if you got a few shekels, it's worth buying for sure. All this to say, let's keep our eyes open in this culture that we're in today. Not for the sake of stomping your feet, because that creates arthritis in your ankles as you get older. (laughs) But instead, really knowing how to pray and boiling an urgency for revival in the church and then awakening in the land. If you want this resource, just text the word gender to 312 274 9624. Text the word gender to 312 274 9624. What if I told you a totally lost guy, totally lost guy, probably kept us from speaking German? Totally lost. Life is totally inconsistent with what you would call a committed Christian, but God used him. Hmm. And I mean in a powerful way. Break into that coming up. Look what God has done. Helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, we look at the culture around us and we think, what is going on? Uh, got some crazy stats. Young Thunder just gave me a break up to us here, bro. This is, this is something else. 
It, it really is. So I saw this uh, little news piece up here today that it said that there was, uh, what was the number? 7% of all adults uh, now identify as LGBTQ. 7%. That's a lot. And I think most people that are in my age bracket would go, no, that can't be right. Yeah. Well, that's because we're looking around our age group. Yeah, absolutely. Give us the breakdown on this. This is, as Ali said, this is heartbreaking. Yeah. So between Gen X, baby boomers, and silent and the silent generation, all three of those generations, each generation, uh, the people who identify as LGBTQ are in the low single digits. But then you get to millennials, eleven percent of all millennials identify as LGBTQ. And then you get to Gen Z, and 19.7% of Gen Zers identify as LGBTQ. That is almost a fifth, or you can basically say a fifth of all Gen Z generation identifies as LGBTQ. Yeah, this is this is a heartbreaking issue, and it's and it's <clears throat> it's good for Christ followers to be informed on this. We don't want to stick our head in the sand. We got to know what's going on, and. The reason that we need to know this is that it it allows us to pray properly, it allows us to have compassion, and I think it engages us with the Lord at a new level of urgency. I mean, those numbers ought to make you fall to your knees and go, God, let revival start in the church now. Because the only way we can battle this kind of darkness is the light. And again, I'm going to say again, when you think about this, the vast populations of the world, You've got Hinduism. They've got the Bhagavad Gita. Although not the word of God, it has a moral construct that in a lot of horrible constructs. I'll get you. I'll give you that. I'm not sitting here cheering for the Bhagavad Gita and I'm not cheering for the Quran. I've read portions of it. It is from the jump. One of the most misogynistic things you can imagine invented by one guy who claimed to have heard from God. You know, we we pick apart the Bible, Bible critics pick apart the Bible, and it's got, you know, 40-plus authors and on a few different continents over a period of hundreds and thousands of years, and yet we've got the Quran. Now, here's what's interesting. The, the, the Quran and the Bhagavad Gita probably make up mm, two-thirds of the population, something like that, close to that. And then you've got rank uh, communism and atheism, and that's in China where God is absent, and they've put the iron fist down on folks. I mean, it's a horrendous thing. But then you've got America, and we used to have a guiding true north star. As imperfect as it was and imperfect we are as people, we had the scriptures. The nuclear family was celebrated even by people that never claimed to be Christ followers. I mean, it was part of our moral fabric. And as imperfect as the founders were, they created a system that actually afforded and made it possible that slavery would be abolished. I mean, here's a crazy, you want a crazyism here? Slave owners constructed a constitution that made it possible for injustices to be abolished. Pretty fascinating. So you look at how God has worked throughout history and you go, whoa, what a crazy thing is going on here. And you look at how God has worked with Rahab, okay? This is a prostitute in the lineage of Jesus, by the way. But God chose Rahab to be this redemptive force at Jericho. God chose a donkey 
to tell a prophet, Balaam, who he was carrying around, he's carrying around this prophet. God says, speak to this knucklehead. Mm -hmm. So God can choose anyone to redirect a culture. And uh, I, I got a cool example coming up here in a minute and a half. I've been blown away by revisiting history and doing a deep dive on World War II through Ken Burns' amazing docuseries called The Roosevelt's. I mean, it is eye-popping amazing. Hmm. And I'm going to make a strident claim about how God used FDR. Yep, father of the New Deal and everything that a lot of people loathe that are listening here right now. But I'll tell you what, without FDR, we got our tookie and a squisher for sure. Details coming up. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, since Chris Fabry brought it up, <laughs> let's talk about share. <laughs> Pre-share, we're moving towards our spring share, which happens in March. We're doing something a little bit different. We're really emphasizing our pre-share, our pump primers is what we're calling it here in Carl and Crew. And we have a special gift. If you want to be a pump primer, meaning helping us get a running start as we move into the live portion of Share in March, we have a gift for you. You're going to get a copy of Carl's book for a gift of any amount, but it has to be pre-share. So if you want to be a pump primer, you want the details, just text the word prime to 312-274-9624. Text the word prime to 312 312- Two seven four nine six two four. One note, I saw that page when you get this link for Prime, you go down the page a little bit, there's a box you have to click, right? You got to yeah. click yes. this box. It says, I want the book. I want the book. Yes. So please click it. Be a bummer to do a pre-share gift and be a prime, a pump primer and not get the get the book. So absolutely do that. Just text word prime. I'm pumped up, guys. Frankly, I'm thrilled. My whole goal with this book is to help people win battles that feel like they can never be won. And I'm overjoyed that we can get that into your hands. Just text the word prime gift of any amount in pre-share only. The day share starts, my book is gone. Bye-bye. This is just a little perk for our pump primers. Yeah. So text the word prime to our number here, 312-274-9624. Okay. I want to give you a quick, quick hit on something here. FDR was quite a guy. Theodore Roosevelt, uh, his uncle, um, amazing guy. I mean, (laughs) these were such imperfect dudes, though. I mean, Theodore Roosevelt went to Cuba and rode with the Rough Riders so that he could be in a war and actually took a a hill that had to be claimed and uh, was taking shots and just... Carrying the flag forward. I mean, these guys were just ran with reckless abandon into battle. I mean, it was just crazy. FDR comes along. Nobody thought that he was had the uh, had the Teddy kind of um, resolve and gut and grit, but boy, he proved he did. FDR was probably, I would I would say, you could argue this, but. Probably one of the most, he and Churchill are the two most vital persons for conquering Germany in World War II, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, Even if you get into the ethics of the atomic bomb and all that, and Truman, after FDR 
died at Warm Springs where he his body just gave out, by the way, at the ripe old age of 63. He had struggled, suffered from polio for a couple, three, four decades or something like that. But he, his body was just ravaged. He just gave out at the age of 63 years old in his fourth term as president, by the wow. way. But here's what you need to know, guys. FDR, forget what you think about policies and New Deal and all that. If... If we had not gotten our allies armored up with a full retrofit of Chrysler, Ford, get this for a stat. In the two years prior to World War II, I believe two point some million automobiles had been made through these auto plants. Throughout World War II, 179 autos were made. Wow. Our country was absolutely retrofitting. Ford alone was responsible for building the bombers. The Ford motor cars that they had been building up to that point in time required a little over 1,500 parts per auto, which is very few, if you want to know the truth. Mm. The bombers they were cranking out were over a million parts per bomber. Mm. Wow. And they were spitting them out ready for this. One an hour. Wow. In the 1940s, that's... Extremely fast. One yeah. an hour. Yeah. FDR would get the uh, spreadsheets handed to him uh, weekly of production line. And uh, he would scribble out the projections. On some cases, he would double the number and say, tell the boys they can do it. Hmm. And they did. Hmm. FDR was so imperfect. Eleanor Roosevelt was a jilted woman. He had dalliances, and at his death, Eleanor Roosevelt had it communicated to her when she went to go retrieve his body at Warm Springs that somebody, so cruel, said, do you need to know, Eleanor? He's had this one woman showing up here in his life regularly when you've been out of town, out of the White House, traveling around the country. This other woman's been shuttled in here, and and your daughter was the one that helped facilitate it. Oh, wow. Wow. And so you look at that and you go, what in the world? All I'm telling you is God raises up leaders and he takes them down. And God chose to raise up a leader in FDR that, although incredibly flawed as a person, incredibly driven by his own ego, God gave him a moment of clarity to help save the world from fascism and Nazism. And, you know, you can build a case, honestly, that you can have a Churchill that's got the kind of grit Churchill had all day long. But here's here's a fact. If Churchill hadn't had the armament that FDR provided him, there's, there's no way our world would look the same as it does today. One man, feeble as he was, retrofitting every production line in America for military armament. It's fascinating, isn't it? It is. And the point of that is that oftentimes God, when we, when we pray and we ask God to, in this case that we're talking about today, 
to redirect the peril that we're in as a country with uh, a lot of these uh, crazy things that are happening at lightning speed. You know, sometimes I used to say we're, we're going down a slide fast. I feel like we're falling off a cliff and we're in free fall. Things are happening so quickly with regard to late-term abortion and not just saying it's a grievous thing, but it has to be there. Now it's, it's being there's, – there's people celebrating this stuff, guys, celebrating late-term abortion. And there's people celebrating transgenderism. And delighted to pull the wool over parents' eyes, teachers that are indoctrinating kids. These are, this is not conspiracy. This is happening. So that we want you to be informed, but we want us to be, I want you to be hopeful to see, even in this article that Allie has here today, that God is sometimes using people, this self-proclaimed queer woman who is, quote, left of Bernie Sanders as a whistleblower to say, this is crazy. If you want this article, just text the word gender to 312-274-9624. Text the word gender to 312-274-9624. It's a heavy discussion here today, isn't it? It is. But it's important. Yeah. Got a real treat for you coming up in this next half hour. Pastor Erwin Lutzer's here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to I'm going to have him tag on this a little bit because I know he's willing to wax eloquent on where we're at today as a culture, (laughs) but then we're going to shift gears. We got a fascinating discussion we're going to have about the revival at Asbury. And he's written a piece that is amazing. Hang on. Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Get caught with that every time. Uh, We've got a real treat for you coming up. Dr. Erwin Lutzer is going to be with us. He has done an amazing piece on answering the question, basically, will revival last? Will it last? He's got an interesting take on this thing from history. He was around the Canadian revivals. I don't want to, you know, I should joke with him and say, were you there for the Scottish revival? Oh, wow. (laughs) He'd like he'd like that. joke. He would chuckle. Oh, yeah. But we do want him to weigh in a little bit, too, about what's going on here with um, some of the cultural slide that we've seen or cultural cliff diving. I'm going to start calling it that. It's a cultural cliff dive, man. We've got and and I'm really concerned about this as a pastor, because a lot of I know so many Christ followers in the church today that really don't know how to handle the news. What do you mean by that? Well, I think sometimes we get paralyzed by fear. And God doesn't want that to happen. Or we get ramped up with anger, and God doesn't want that to happen. And we've got, and by the way, using the high ridge metaphor, I think sometimes we can find ourselves falling off the high ridge of clear thinking, a biblical thinking, mm-hmm. a prayerful attitude, expectant of a coming God, um, secure in who we are in Jesus, and all these great hallmarks that we find in the scriptures, and we can find ourselves looking at culture in two ways. One is we get either really angry, we fall off the high ridge that way, right. and that's to our peril, or we get really fearful, gripped by fear, and it almost paralyzes us. Neither one of those are options that God wants for us today. Right. Now, will we have moments of fear? Yeah. Does Carl ever get a little bit um, afraid when I look at culture? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I go, what's going on here? But God wants us to climb back up to that high ridge of utter dependence on him and really having compassion because people that don't have a true north document like the Holy Scriptures 
and hold on to that Judeo-Christian ethic that has driven us. Although imperfect as a country, it has directed us into some pretty fruitful land. Um, You know, how do we respond? Prayerful, believing God, and even trusting that God will sometimes raise up imperfect people who don't claim the name of Jesus to bring restoration. Got Pastor Lutzer with us right now. Uh, Do we need to bio this guy? No, we don't need to bio this guy. You know Dr. Lutzer. He's the man. (laughs) That's all all you need to know. He's the man. He's with us right now. Good morning, doctor. So glad to be with you, Carl. And uh, we have many things to talk about. I've just been listening to you. And I sure would like to comment on some of the things that you're saying. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. So I want to go there. Um, As a matter of fact, here's what we're going to do. Pastor Lutzer, we're going to tee up two hot topics here in Boom Crew. I want you to uh, really keep it pinned. We're we're going to hit two hot topics here. The first is what do we do in a world that is changing so dramatically? This cultural slide or cliff diving, as I'm calling it this morning, how should we then live? Uh, we're going to interact with Pastor Lutzer on that. And then we're, uh, these are two big boys. This will keep you listening here for a while. The other one is, will revival last? Um, and what should our posture be as a church? Hang on. Minute and a half. Dr. Lutzer. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. All right. They just said it again, so we're going to capture it. Um I was so blown away when Matt McNeely came and said, we got a pre-shared deal for the Boom Crew that you're going to love, Carl. And I love it, but I'm going to let the team champion it. If you give a gift early this year, Spring Share starts officially in March. But for our pre-share pump primers, we've got a special gift. You're going to get a copy of Carl's book for a pre-share gift of any amount. So if you want to take advantage of that, maybe you've been wanting to grab a copy anyway. Kill two birds with one stone. Give your pre-share gift. Grab the book. Just text the word PRIME to 312-274-9624. Now, when you open this link and you give, make sure you click the box that says, yes, I want the copy of the book. That just lets us know. Send it your way. Text PRIME to 312-274-9624. With us right now, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, formerly pastor of Moody Church, prolific author, Talking with him one day, he wouldn't announce this, but millions of books have been sold that he has written, and even his most latest uh, titles have just gone like a rocket ship up on Amazon. It's a beautiful thing to see. I'll do the bragging on him so that he doesn't have to. There we go. <laughs> but we got him with us right now, Doctor Lutzer. Let's let's just jump right in and tackle a couple of topics. Uh, our culture is not just sliding down a slide; it's jumped off a cliff, in my estimation. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's going on today? We do not want to become angry evangelicals, nor do we want to be gripped by fear. What do you say, Pastor? Well, first of all, Carl, I want to say something else. Ali mentioned that uh, the people who respond are going to get a copy of your book. But what she failed to say is, I think the title is Seven Resolutions. Is that correct? That's That's correct. correct. Well, I have to say this. I'll I'll do a little bit of bragging for you. In all of my life and experience, you always have two extremes. On the one hand, get up early, have your devotions, be disciplined. And on the other side, rest in the Lord. You know, in other words, what we have to do. And what your book does is it shows that we have to labor to enter into rest. 
And I wasn't bragging or trying to um, say something that wasn't true when I endorsed the book. And I think I said something like this, that this book is able to give us seven resolutions that we can do that balances grace and rest also with discipline. So that's just a shout out there. It's free. You don't have to uh, in any way give me royalties, but I think it's a great book. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Back to now, the topic with regard to the yeah. other issue, I'd love to speak uh, about it in detail, and I know we don't have time. You talked about abortion, for example, and people celebrating it. I'm writing, uh, doing some writing, I won't go into detail, about showing how ideas filter into the culture. And we can go back to Darwin. Darwin said in a letter that Satan came to us in the form of a baboon, in the form of a baboon who is our grandfather. Now, you just think about that. We came up through the animal world. That's what our kids are being taught in school. There is no God who's the creator. We're answerable to nobody. We kill animals if we don't want them. And if they are born with disabilities, what's the big deal about children? They aren't created in the image of God. They are just on a continuum. Yeah. So all of these ideas are finally coming to their logical conclusion. One other comment about living in this world. What we have to do is to realize we're living in a day of essential irrationality. And if you think that this battle can just be won by superior ideas, I think you're wrong. Because behind this, there are demonic forces yes. that are confusing people in horrendous ways. And, and so we approach these issues with a sense of humility, without anger, as you mentioned. And we reason with people, but at the same time, we spend a lot of time praying because ultimately only God is able to change their minds. I mean, we're living at a time when, you know, I was just reading a couple of weeks ago again, 1984, the last uh, 50 pages or so, where uh, Winston is taken into a room and told that two plus two is equal to five. Sometimes it's equal to three. Sometimes it is both. What they wanted to do is to so confuse him that uh, he'd be willing to live by lies. And that's where our culture is. We are being told every day that we are to live by lies. So we have to identify the lies. But at the same time, in personal relationships, we have to recognize that there's more going on than simply a battle of ideas. Yeah. Mm. There are demonic forces that are drawing young people away into these transgender crazes and all of these things. And uh, the world is standing by and they're clapping, as you mentioned. Uh, they are celebrating what should lead us to tears. Yeah. Dr. Erwin Lutzer, our guest this morning. Now, when you say the word evangelical Christian, for a lot of people nowadays, their mind is going to jump to politics. Evangelicals are being known with being associated with a certain political party almost more than anything else. How do we articulate biblical worldviews and start to untangle the web that has been kind of woven over time in politics? How do we separate the two? Or do we? Uh, well, you know, that's a very good question that has to be analyzed from different points of view. As a pastor, I have never endorsed a political candidate or a political party. But it's impossible for us 
to be in this world without getting involved in what is today deemed to be political. Abortion is a political issue. The transgender craze is a political issue. The whole LGBTQ rights matter, which we could discuss in considerable detail, has become a political issue. So the problem comes when we make that identification so close that uh, people begin to think in terms of the political. And I know that there's a lot of discussion about such things as nationalism and Christian nationalism. And it is true that if our political commitment or a political party is really the glue that holds us as believers together, then we have crossed a line. The real glue that holds us together is our centrality of Christ, the centrality, the commitment to the gospel. So what we have to do is to recognize that the political thing is out there, but it's not the ultimate focus. We always have to be redemptive-driven. We have to be gospel-driven. But at the same time, we can't pretend that all of this other buzz about politics doesn't matter. Yeah, good, really wise words, Pastor. Coming up here in a minute and a half, uh, Boom Crew, I had an amazing conversation with Pastor Lutzer here uh, about 72 hours ago, and we were discussing the issue of revival, the Asbury Revival. And he said, have you seen the blog that I wrote on this? And I I hadn't, and I pulled it up, and I thought, "Mm, my goodness, this is good. So I asked him if he'd be willing to come on here and discuss this, because the question is, will revival last? And his take on this is profoundly spot on. Coming up in a minute and a half, more with Dr. Lutzer. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Well, here's an exciting announcement coming up this hour. We've got some movie tickets we're giving away. Yes. You heard about this movie, uh, The Jesus? Yeah. I'm very excited. Yes. (laughs) It looks so cool. I really, I can't wait to check it out. I'm excited for it. It looks so retro. Nothing. You weren't here. You don't get to participate. Young Thunder, does it look so retro? Super retro. (laughs) Super, super retro. I'm like, that's still in my wardrobe. I walked walked into the newsroom there and walked past Young Thunder. It sounded exciting. So what's new? Uh, well, the Jesus Revolution movie is coming out. And we're going to be giving away tickets oh, for it this gotcha. hour. Yeah. yeah, that's coming this hour. Welcome back. Yeah, Chuck Smith and uh, Lonnie Frisbee are featured in this. Isn't that the movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that his last name was Frisbee. <laughs> yeah, that, mean, was a, that, was a con- that was a conflicted soul. Um, yeah, Lonnie, absolutely. Lonnie was a conflicted soul. Absolutely, he was. Uh, amazing. Again, here we've been talking all morning about how God uses people, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, very true. I mean, here, you want a miraculous one? If if there is anything good that's coming out of your friend Carl, it is totally a God thing. Trust me, any of my running buddies or people that knew me in my youth would say, oh, oh yeah, there's something bigger than <laughs> Carl going on here. No, no, in all seriousness, guys, and we got to remember this. This is the power of God in our lives. And Lonnie Frisbee, Chuck Smith, oh, Chuck Smith, what a guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's responsible for 1,500 church plants. That's amazing. Wow. Think about these guys that are planting a few campuses around. I'm more power to them. That's great. But Chuck Smith helped lead movements of awesome. gospel preaching churches wow. and so uh, cool. raised up so many young, fire breathing preachers. Now, to be fair, Chuck Smith was in the Jesus movement era. Yeah. But we're what's wild about this 
movie coming out is that they didn't know when they were burning this film that we are experiencing the Asbury revival, by the way. Oh, right. Right. You need to know something. I was on I was being interviewed yesterday by uh, Colin Lambert for some show that he has. I don't even know what show it was I was on, but (laughs) I was being interviewed for something. And uh, uh, it. Guys, I did not know this. He has more facts and figures. There's revivals breaking out on like Palisades Beach in Southern Cal, and they're baptizing hundreds of people. Wow. And there's uh, Baylor University currently has an ongoing praise and worship thing going on, and the fires are building there. Uh, Cedarville, other schools, um, it's just just amazing what's going on. By the way, uh, Samuel Naman just got back from the Asbury Revival. Oh, that's yes, awesome. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. One of our dear friends here and one of the profs at Moody Bible Institute. So we're going to keep sprinkling what's going on at Asbury. We don't want to let this thing die. Sometimes it's a matter of just keeping us before us and go, okay, what's God doing? But know this. This is, this is not God making a splash. He's making a difference. There are lives that are going to be changed forever. Yeah. There, there will be missions born out of this. There will be churches planted out of this. There will be marriages healed out of this. It's already happening. It, it's just an awesome thing to behold. So I got to tell you, I really feel like we are coming into a time when Carl and Crew Mornings is going to be an important place for me, for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. This is I've I've got uh, I've got recharged batteries about what we're doing here on this morning oh, show good. in a big way. Good. I feel like God's on the move here. Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. You know, it's an interesting discussion about ugh, who God uses. Now we know God uses the most unsuspecting people in Scripture. Epaphras, the Apostle Paul. God used the Apostle Paul. Are you kidding me? He was Saul, guys. This is a guy that was, he was at the coat check committee when, you know, Stephen was getting stoned. He was there checking coats. That's what the Scriptures say. He was the coat check guy going, (laughs) number 10, got a uh, really nice camel fur uh, cloak here. So he was he was checking coats. Yeah. Um, and he was on the way to Damascus. What was he doing on the way to Damascus? He was getting ready to go arrest Christians and bring them back so they could be tried and killed. Boom. God showed up and everything changed. He became the foremost leader of the early church. Isn't that amazing? It is pretty we incredible. Never, we should never stop being stunned by things like that. Okay, so here's the deal. And this isn't a far reach because there was a prophet named Balaam, and Balaam was saying nonsense. You know what God did? God said, I'm going to use the donkey you're sitting on, big boy. And Balaam's donkey, hopefully Balaam's donkey is in heaven. (laughs) Wow. I didn't expect that. No, I mean, I just thought of that. That's something, all right. Oh, yeah. We got to have... God, Balaam's donkey. He's got to be in heaven. He's got to be strolling around like, "Wow, I got a good gig. I'm in heaven," and we're we get to talk to him because if he spoke once, he can speak again. True, that's true. true. But God spoke through Balaam's donkey. Something, and this guy's saying what he's saying is nonsense. Here's the real truth. Balaam's donkey spoke. Wow. 
Just trying to do donkey speak. I don't know I, what I, it would sound like. Okay. It wouldn't. It sounds like Ed the talking horse. It wouldn't sound as cool as Allie. Probably not as cool. Okay. Just, see, he wouldn't have gone, <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. He wouldn't have done that. Mm. It would have been something like Mr. Ed the <laughs> talking Ed, yeah. horse. <laughs> Super guys, listen. <laughs> I just feel this eloquent, like British accent. Yes. <laughs> okay, we've lost. I'm with you. We've lost them, Jonathan. Yeah, I don't. I mean, needed that today. Uh, you gotta let it run its course sometimes, Allie. Okay, just wait for it. Yeah. Can you imagine? I like my eyes are watering today. Can you imagine Balaam's horse, a donkey, sounded <laughs> like the crocodile hunter, crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Keep <laughs> Hello, governor. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. It went supervising okay. on okay. it. It's just... I've never seen that before. Okay. It's better than ever. I'm going to stop yeah. now. Okay. Oh. All right. Oh. I apologize. So here's the bottom line. Coming up here in a moment, because now we've wasted all yeah, we of didn't our time. <laughs> we did a lot. Okay. We saying the that. most actually the most the most we did the, yeah we were the most <laughs> um coming up here in a moment super Di and i are gonna regroup and uh <laughs> we're gonna give you an example of of an unsuspecting person that quite frankly this is a great let this be an example to us that we go oh man yeah culture is not on a slide they're falling off a cliff who said that i do all the time and and then you're the immediate response is, we got to stop this. Got to catch this culture. It's falling off a cliff. I mean, we are. We have, we have gone more crazy with regard to big issues like child sacrifice. When I'm talking child sacrifice, I'm drawing a distinction between women that got an abortion when they found out they had a baby and they were filled with shame and they did something that grieved God and then it grieved them because you're listening right now and you were party of, of that man or woman. It is different thing. I'm sorry. It is much different. It, yes, it is much different to gleefully cheer for and wear abortion pins to a State of the Union address and vote for I don't want to misrepresent, but the extent of some of these abortion laws are taking it right up to the point of birth and non-resuscitation of babies that are on the birthing table. I'm sorry. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. I don't care where you live, what yeah. point. That's crazy. Yeah. Can we all agree with that? Yes. yes. Of course we can. And Allie and I were talking about this one day, and we're in heated agreement on this. All right, we believe life begins at conception. However, let's just give people the beating heart one, right? When, when there's a beating heart, let's just say, no mas. But we've steamrolled right past that as a threshold. Right. I mean, it's steamrolled past heartbeat, past viability. Yep. All the way to late term, even non-resuscitation of babies in some states. I don't want to say them all. But in some states, that is now A-OK. So the question is, you see a culture in decline, and then you go, well, where are we going to go from here? Hang on. This is where we're going to go from here. God will often surprise us who's speaking up and actually has a voice to be heard. Hang on.
Man. Little Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers there. Thank you for that, Young Thunder. Yeah, anytime. Young Thunder insists that we be relevant around here, and he has a way to do it. (laughs) You must be relevant. Yeah, and it's good. I mean, this is a great one. Absolutely. Here's why. Um, We're free falling. I mean, come on. We don't even – this isn't political at all. It's not. This is just straight-up spiritual. The nuclear family is not under assault anymore. It used to be what was in vogue when I was way back in the day. I was an old guy back down there in Little Rock. The voice. The voice. It's true. Oh, you think that's funny? I mean – It's really funny. All right. So back in the day when I was down in Little Rock – I'm going to try to not do the voice. That's okay. The big mantra was – won't you, we demand that you tolerate us. The demand was you got to tolerate us. Us being anything that broke the norms of nuclear family, gay marriage and all that kind of stuff and all, all the cultural stuff. Now we have gone to a new place. It is baby. You endorse us or we're canceling you. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm not saying anything novel or new. That's just no. where we're at. It's just what yeah. it is. And what's come along with this is this, it's like blind people. It's not like lemmings flying off a cliff. It's like blind lemmings running for a cliff. It's like, hold it a second. So just take Title IX, for instance. Title IX was breakthrough legislation. It wasn't legislation. It was um, it was made law. What what am I trying to say? It was a, uh, uh, what is what is the right verbiage for Title IX? Guys, I should be more oh, prepared than I don't, that. I'm not sure, but Title IX is how it's commonly known. Title IX was, I guess it was legislation. Yeah, I'm just doing a quick, yeah, it was a law prohibiting Mm sex-based discrimination in education programs that receive federal financial assistance. So what that led to was more equity in sports was a big one where funding had to be more evenly distributed. So it wasn't just all of the money getting poured into the men's football program program, where now that there were, it was forced that some of that funding is spread so that there's opportunities for students of both genders. So women could actually excel at sports. Exactly. Well now because the nuclear family is just being discarded. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible as a true North document, what do you have that says what a what constitutes a family, right? I mean, that's gone. Yeah. But now the f- where where this is going is transgenderism and uh, all the transgender therapies, from chemical castration to operations, are being inflicted not on not as the general populace saying tolerate us. It's saying accept us, and if you don't. We're going to do everything we can, even behind some parents' back, to ensure that our agenda is pressed through, even at the risk of the health of precious children. Now, you might say, well, that's crazy. No, it's not. We've got an article for you. We shared this with you last week, so this may be a bit of a recap, new for some. Uh, There was an article, a whistleblower, and it's gotten a lot of attention. This is a woman who describes herself as a queer woman politically to the left of Bernie Sanders. But she worked at this uh, gender... what, what do you? What would you call it? Uh, it's 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 gender. A it's, transgender clinic. It's it's a transitioning clinic for minors. Yeah. For for minors. minors. Yeah. 
And so she worked there and was fully on board with what she thought was best practices. And ultimately, what she saw over years became so upsetting and so concerning to her that she ultimately left. She says, I could no longer participate in what was happening. By the time I departed, I was certain that the way the American medical system is treating these patients is the opposite of the promise we make to do no harm. Instead, we are permanently harming the vulnerable patients in our care. This is directly out of an article that she wrote for the Free Press. Is there any question in your mind that this is a gift from God to stem possibly, one gift from God to possibly stem the tide of cultural insanity around us? I certainly hope. I certainly hope. I hope it's used this way. But here's what's beautiful about this, Allie. I think we we've talked about it, you and me, kiddo. God can almost use this woman's voice better than any evangelical's voice. Oh, absolutely. For yeah. for this scenario, it's you know because it's easy in the culture today to wave off a Christian's voice to say uh, your views are old fashioned, they're bigoted, uh, they're not based in reality, which we know isn't true, but they don't. And when you have someone who is on, quote unquote, their side saying this is wrong, I thought it was right and it's not big deal, isn't it? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So we've got this link for you right now, guys. Yeah, just text the word gender. If you want to read this article, text the word gender to 312-274-9624. Gender to 312-274-9624. Everything you need to start your day right. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Somebody texted in that they totally see Carl as a hippie. <laughs> I could see it. Were you a hippie? No, I was never a hippie. Alaska? Were there hippies in Alaska? Oh, yeah, it? were there hippies in Alaska? Oh, my goodness. In the uh, early 60s, 70s? Oh, yeah. You know, I, somebody somebody thought that it was like in order to be a hippie, you had to hitchhike it was like a prerequisite okay do you remember yeah, hitchhiking kind of seems like the uh, the stereotype well i'm just I, you're young i don't I know mean, if you remember I've hitchhiking. heard about it it certainly wasn't something anyone that i knew did yeah. Yeah. you ever hitchhike super die you did <laughs> she absolutely did. Well, you absolutely know. did hitchhike where yes. did you hitchhike um, i can see way super to put die her on the spot yeah I'd rather not say. Okay. <laughs> if that's okay. I wasn't asking for what it would you know, the purpose was. Yes, I have hitchhiked. But it yes. was I think it was for the novelty of it more than I needed a ride. Okay. I just thought, let's go ride with someone else. And I wasn't by myself. So let's just no, put let's out say. there that it was very common. It's very dangerous. We're not yeah. recommending oh, no, 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 no. There's no hitchhiking no. nowadays. No. I don't yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's illegal. I think it is illegal. I also think that it's just extremely unsafe and you shouldn't do it. Please don't. Yeah, we used to pick up hitchhikers all the time. I, you told a story you picked up a hitchhiker. Oh, well, uh, yeah. The guy with the cat eye glasses. Oh, dude. Cat eye glasses guy. <laughs> oh, now I've got to tell you that story. You kind of do it. Tell the story. Okay, well, how, how you set him up, up now? <laughs> okay, so here's the, we do have a question for you guys <laughs> right now. And we want you to text in your response to this one. It's an important one because you can ask for revival. You can be revived, which is this real infilling of the Holy Spirit. The wind blows, and boy, the Spirit of God is just calling you to change, though. That's how revivals are sustained in a person's heart. So 
How has God called you through a revived moment to really make some changes in your life? Text us 312-274-9624. Okay. I'm going to give the cat eye glasses story. You got to. Man, you remembered that one, Young Thunder. All right. That's coming up. Living life for Jesus and having a blast in the process. We're Carling Crew Mornings. Yeah, okay, so there's a funny little passage of Scripture here in Hebrews 13. The chapter begins, Let brotherly love continue. Then, out of the blue, verse 2, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Huh? Yeah, and it's like, well, that's kind of and, and then ver- left field. verse three, it goes, remember those who are in prison <laughs> as though in prison with them. But I mean, talk about out of left field, but it wasn't out of left field. This is what we got to remember when we see things that are like drive by a little. Pshoom, yeah. You know, you got to go, well, what in the cat hair is going on here? Speaking of cats and cat eye glasses. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so here's the deal. I am a new follower of Jesus. I'm going to get choked up over this story. Um, I'm a new follower of Jesus. I've got a a pickup truck that I've just purchased and I've got a big old lumber rack on it and I'm doing construction, building, building homes in Hollister, California, but I happen to be in Fresno driving back to where I'm staying in Madera and I'm getting on the on-ramp. I think it's I-99. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think it's Interstate 99 and I'm going, getting on the on-ramp and, and here's this and I've got my buddy, Matt. You know, Copenhagen chewing radical Jesus following Matt, and he's riding shotgun with me. And he's just a guy of few words, but he, man, he had a deep old voice. Driving on that on-ramp, and there's this guy with his thumb out with cat-eye glasses. A kind of an interesting-looking dude. And I just, he's got his thumb out, and I go zip and pass him, Matt says, Maybe we ought to pick him up. <laughs> That's like, crazy that that was even a thought. And I look at him and, <laughs> okay. I, and I go, really? He's, yeah, I, I think we better get him. So I boom, pull off the side of the road, put it in reverse. He can't see us coming, but we're backing up at terminal velocity to go pick up this guy. And I'm always up for an adventure. I'm like, let's get this dude. And uh, so Matt opens up the door and says, hey, we're going your way. So he grabs his pack, screws on up to the truck, jumps in bench seat, rides between us. <laughs> so he's sitting there in the bench seat, crazy. and he's he's huddled up between us. Bad movie. And we head on down the road, and I say, so where are you heading? And he's really obtuse about where he's heading. I'm just heading down the road on a bit of a journey here. I said, all right, we're making small talk, and we begin to talk about spiritual things. And Matt begins to witness to this guy. Well, it turns out he's apparently a committed follower of Jesus. And he's talking so clear headed, but he's got these funky cat eye glasses on. I mean, there's they're women's glasses guys there. I think they were pink hue to them. It was a real funky scenario. And so we're, we're tooling on down the road and we're saying, Hey, you, you gotta be hungry. Uh, Can we get you lunch? And I said, Oh, okay. Get me lunch. That's fine. (laughs) But this guy is encouraging us in the Lord like you can't believe. Now, we're on fire for Jesus, but this guy's stoking the coals as we're driving down the 99. 
we pull off, get to an off-ramp, and decide, let's go in and get one of these stuffed potatoes. Remember the joint named, was it called Rax or something like that? What was the name of that potato joint? Anyway, you go in and you, you, all they sold was potatoes and you just, no, no, it was a big, it was a big chain, lower 48. We, I don't, yeah, we had one in Alaska way back in the day. They're all gone now. I guess stuffed potatoes weren't a big thing, but man, they were (laughs) good. They were so good. You cut those bad boys open you put all these chives and butter in there. Oh, so good. Anyway, so we, we, we get in line, the three of us, and we order our lunch. Guys, I'm going to, I'm telling you exactly what went down. Someday I need to get Matt on here and go, Matt, you remember when? <laughs> He'd be going, yeah, that was a wild one. So we order our lunch, and we're eating away, and we're hungry, so we're scarfing down the grub. And he's a little slower than us. We said, listen, we'd love to have you come to our Bible study tonight at, at my home. Uh, would you like to stick around? And he gets a wry smile, and he goes, no, I'm, I'm going to be moving on today. And he gives us a few more words of just blazingly clear encouragement. And I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing. I said, listen, it's been good to meet you. Um, I, a nameless dude. And uh, so we walk out. My, Matt and I leave the guy there while he's finishing up his lunch. And we walk out, walk out the entrance. There was one entrance to this place. And the other one was an emergency crash bar kind of a thing. And we are just getting the door open. And Matt says, we need to give this guy some money. He said, you got any money? I said, I got a 20 spot. He said, we need to give that to him. And I said, you're right. So I double back in. I, Boom crew, I'm telling you the truth. I double back in and I go right to the booth. There was no one else in the restaurant. That's why that potato joint didn't make it, probably. But th- we we dove back in. He's gone. He's gone. And there's no food on the table, nothing. So I go up to, and I go into the bathroom. Nope, not in there. And I go up to the girl that was working the counter. I said, hey, did you see the guy that was with us here? And she goes, what guy? I said, the guy that was with us, the guy with the cat eye glasses, you couldn't miss him. You couldn't miss him. And she goes, I'm sorry. And she smiles at me like I've lost my ever loving mind. Oh, man. And I go back out and I said, he's gone. He goes, he ain't gone. I said, he's gone. Matt comes back in with me. He looks all he's looking under tables thinking this guy's hiding (laughs) out. I didn't believe you yet. We go back out to the truck. We are totally bewildered. We go to the Bible study that night, and we tell this story. Everybody gets in. We said, we got a story for you guys. This is the wildest thing in the world. And my aunt opens her Bible, goes to Hebrews 13, verse 2. And she just said, let me read something to you. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. And my heart nearly stopped. And Matt goes, that, that's it. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> that, that's it. I don't need another option. That an one's it. That's, that's it right there. And then he gets up and he starts pacing the living room floor. That's what happened. That's what happened. That's awesome. We, that guy, can I glasses? I said, why would an angel look like that? I don't know, but that's it. <laughs> Why not? 
That's funny. <laughs> now, you might be saying, is this possible? Well, yeah, and we've got a biblical example of this. If you look in Genesis 19, you'll find that uh, there were two angels that appeared as guys in street clothes because the homosexual men in the city, for which the whole place was that bent, were beaten on the door wanting to have sex with these angels. Well, they were angels that manifested as people. And this is exactly what we find in Hebrews 13, too. So everyone, you're on high alert today. I show hospitality to strangers, even if they've got cat eye glasses. Is that a story? That, that's it's a, a wild story. story. That's wild. It's just one of the craziest things in the world. So that's all I got on that one. There you go. That's enough. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.